Let's go together to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, you truly are the unseen God. You dwell in light that is unapproachable, it says in the word. When Moses wanted to see your glory, you hit him in the rock and allowed him to just see just the trailing edges of it. When Isaiah was caught up and saw your glory, he cried out, Woe is me, I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips. Father, forgive us that in our hearts, sometimes there would arise this desire to make an image, to bow down before something that we can see. Lord, help us to realize that even as Jesus said, the wind blows where it wills. You see what it does, but you cannot see it. So too, Lord, is your spirit. We cannot see you. We see what you do, though. We feel your presence in our heart by your word. And Lord, as we come together and we worship you, help us, Lord, to be aware that although we don't see you, you see us. And that, Lord, when two or three gather in your name, you are in our midst. May we, Lord, take very seriously what we do. May we realize that you are omnipresent and you are all-powerful and you are all-knowing. We thank you for the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin. And Lord, as we come to you today, we pray that your blood would be that, that covering that, Lord, just causes us to walk in joy into your presence, to know you, to bathe in the glory of who you are, to worship you as you are. I pray for the needs in our body. I thank you for Scott and Linda, for their friendship, their service here. Lord, I thank you that we can even, because of the vision you gave Scott, we can turn on our radio and we can listen to Christian radio here in this valley. Now, Lord, we need people to step up to the plate and continue to persevere that vision. Bless them as they go from us. Thank you, Lord, that your grace enables and cares for us in very difficult times. And so I think of Mary Benet. I think of this one that John mentioned the family of this man who was tragically killed, Thomas's. Lord, surround them with your care. Bring, Lord, if they don't know you, I don't know their situation, bring them to salvation. And Lord, we just thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.
morning. It's October. That means a lot of things, but one of the things it means to the Deacons Board is that we have to try to think how we can demonstrate appreciation to our pastors. Um, we never do that well enough, um, but we'd like to have um, Matt and Trish and Tim and Amy to come up for a second with our deacons, um, and we're going to try to at least do some recognition and some thanks uh, at the minimal level that they deserve, um, that's for sure. Um, So if you do get a chance to express appreciation to them, uh, just remember October is uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, knowing that a lot of times we do this the last Sunday, but that conflicts with Reformation Sunday a lot of times, so we're a little ahead of the game this year. Uh, We we always try to be as personal as possible uh, with the gifts that we get, Uh, and so this year, uh, we know that Tim spends way more time outside than he might like to. And we know that Star Valley is a really cold place to do that. Um, so in the wintertime, the thing that you need is wool and quality wool. So we um, got Tim a gift certificate to Pendleton. Um, and knowing that he can buy some quality wool there, um, we thought that might be good for him. And then for Matt, some of you don't know, but um, his Bible's a little worse for wear. And uh, we were going to steal his Bible and do a covert operation, but I didn't know if he could handle the stress. Um, so we just got a certificate to a Bible rebinding company, um, and he gets to send it off at his convenience to get it put back together at least close to its original condition. So um, that's for Matt. And then for our pastor's wives, Joe, you can just bring those up, or yeah, if you'd like to bring those up. Um, I wanted to get something beautiful that said fall but was still alive Um, because we know in the fall a lot of things that are pretty they're on their way out Um, these bouquets uh, our florist did a phenomenal job of getting something alive and pretty but still with the fall colors so anyway we just like to thank our our pastors uh, as a deacon board but we know that you want to take the opportunity uh, as well as a congregation so thank you to pastors and our wives Now we can do scripture reading. Scripture reading today is from 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 18. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, 
to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. May God bless the reading of his holy word. Thank you very much for the gift. My Bible is seen much better days, so I'm excited to get it. Although I hate the fact of being gone with it for probably a couple of weeks, but it needs it. So thank you very much. Would you stand and let's continue our Oh. 
Bibles, and let's go to Romans chapter 12. We began this section of the chapter a week ago. Uh, we'll continue into it this week, uh, continuing to just lay some, I guess, foundations uh, in scriptural reading today. Uh, Keith read to us from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
which highly dovetails in an expanded way on what we're reading today, talking about gifts. Next week, we're going to take a break, not from church, but uh, from the book of Romans, and uh, we're going to talk about Reformation, the Reformation. You know, it is Halloween uh, next Sunday, but in, in, in a greater way to us as Christians, uh, especially in the heritage of Protestantism, it is Reformation Sunday. What happened in that period of time in the 1500s we call the Reformation? We're going to be talking about that next week. It is so important we understand what God was doing at that time in human history, how it directly affects us today, and how it also gives us a tremendous hope. Those were dark times. And like we sang this morning, God is unstoppable. And when God wants to send reformation and revival, He can do so. And no man will shut Him down. Um, God can do that. So we'll talk about that next Sunday. Today, let's continue to talk about gifts. After studying the first two verses, how we are to present ourselves to God as living sacrifices, he then says, for by the grace that is given to me, I say to everyone among you, stop thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But to think realistically rationally, objectively, each one according to the measure of the faith that God in his sovereignty assigned to you. For as in one body we have many parts, many members to your body, the members don't all have the same function. But they all function together, don't they? They are an integral whole. Separated from the body, it dies. When a limb is amputated, it cannot live. It functions as a part of the whole. The body, Christ is the head in Ephesians chapter 1, and from him there are directions to every part of the body. So not all the members have the same function. So, we the church, though many individuals, all very individualistic, Individual talents, individual gifts. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually, each of you, we are members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace that was given to us, don't bury them in the ground. Let us use them. Let us use them. 
If prophecy, in proportion to the faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. It's kind of interesting how he words that, isn't it? What does he mean by that? In his teaching. You know, if you had to get to teaching, in his teaching. What does he mean? Faith. Faith has to energize it. Service and serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Gifts. Let's look to the Lord in a word of prayer. Lord, we come before your word. Lord Jesus, you tell us you are the living word. Holy Spirit, you energize the word. Father, you are on your throne. And you are sovereign. You dispense to each of us giftedness as you assign. Lord, sometimes you know that it is easy for us to look at someone else and wish we were like them. Lord, help us to recognize and realize that that is a slap to you. Because you made me and each of us exactly how in your divine wisdom you knew we could serve you best. And you gave each of us as an individual to this body to perform a function. Lord, help us never to look at someone else and look down on them because they're not like us. You don't need more Tim Moyers. You don't need more Matt Landises. You need each of us. Help us, Lord, to rejoice in that to thank you, the good giver. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, I never really, I have to admit, I never really liked Pastor Appreciation Month. I know Matt doesn't either. There should be Congregation Appreciation Month. I'm thankful for every one of you. And I thank you for your gift. It causes me to always step back and to think of myself or about myself. You know, why is it difficult to accept a gift? Is it hard for you? Can I just be honest? It's hard for me to take a gift. I just don't like it. It's not that I don't like what you gave me or anything. It's not that, but it's my flesh. It's interesting. Amy and I, this isn't even in my notes, but I, I want to share it because Amy and I had this long discussion probably a week ago there was a table talk for the weekend on the verse, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And the guy took it and he wrote, if you haven't read that, I would encourage you to read it in the table talk because it convicted both Amy and I. Because what the guy did was he took this concept of receiving well. And he really developed that. 
To not show gratitude is a slap in the face, isn't it? Have you ever bought somebody a gift? He talked about this. Have you ever bought somebody a gift? And, and maybe you spent a lot of time really thinking about what this other person would want or would like, and you gave it to them, and they kind of opened it, and it was like, oh, ho-hum. And they just set it aside. Maybe they said, oh, thanks. And, but you knew it didn't mean anything to them. And that hurt you. Because you gave with great thought and love. So I want to say to you, thank you. And let my flesh die a bit and say thank you for your gift. It means a lot to me. It really does. Not that it's another coat. Although I'll appreciate the cold when it's coat when it's 40 below. You know what I appreciate? Is your heart to give it. Amen. Thank you. And I know Matt says the same. So do our wives. But it makes me think, why is it hard for us to take a gift? And then to realize that what we're talking about is gifts. We're talking about things, endowments from God, that you didn't earn. I didn't earn. I didn't deserve it. You know what I deserve? Hell. That's what I deserve. God gave me a gift, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who saved my soul from hell. And in addition to that, he gave me abilities to use for his glory. And he did that for you. They're gifts. As we talk about gifts, there are some things that we have to remember. We're talking about spiritual gifts, right? Spiritual gifts. What does that mean? Like I said last week, there's a lot of confusion on this. There's a lot of poor teaching on this. So what are we talking about when we talk about Spiritual is the adjective. Gift is the noun. These are gifts that God gives that are spiritual. What does that mean? Let's go where we went last week for just a minute. These were some preliminary thoughts I wanted us to think about last week, and I want to hit them again because I think they're important to the discussion. First one was this. Some actions don't require a gift. They just require obedience. We will see in the book of Ephesians, there is a gift called an evangelist. That is a person who has a special giftedness in proportion to the faith that God assigned to be an evangelist. But does that mean you don't have to evangelize? No. What do you got to do? Obey. So some things in the Christian life do not require you to say, that's not my gift. What God wants you to do is obey. So when he says, I want you to be an evangelist, I want you to tell people about me, 
What you must do is evangelize whether or not you think you got that gift or not. There are some actions that don't require a gift. They just require obedience. We saw on the list, some people have a gift of giving. So does that mean I don't got to give? If that ain't my gift? No, I don't. Okay? Important we understand that. God gives all men gifts, but he only gives spiritual gifts to his kids. Every person that is born has abilities and talents, correct? There are some people who have tremendous abilities in music, and they use them, instead of for God's glory, they use them for Satan's kingdom. Okay? Everybody has gifts, but not everybody has a spiritual gift. The only people who have spiritual gifts are God's kids. It's important we understand that. Don't seek gifts, seek God. Don't seek gifts, seek God. Seek God. I think you see this repeatedly in 1 Corinthians where the church in Corinth was just seeking gifts. They wanted to be able to put themselves on show. And it was causing division and anarchy in the church. And Paul's message there is, you know, seek God. Seek his glory. Don't seek your own uh, giftedness just to put it on parade and to put it on display. Some gifts are temporary for the need of the moment. Some gifts are permanent. They are for the continuing edification of the church. It's important we note that. And then gifts are developed with use and they diminish with neglect. If you don't use the abilities that God gives you for his glory, you know, they're not going to stay sharp. They're not going to be on a razor edge when you need them. We need to, although you may have a gift, you must develop that gift by its use. Um, If you could have saw my first sermon, you'd have laughed. Not that they're any better now, but I mean, they were really poor. And I never felt early like I had any giftedness towards preaching. I, I remember in college, freshman speech. Did you have to take freshman speech when you went to college? That was the most terrifying thing I ever did in my life. Get up in front of 12 other people and give a speech? Oh, my word, I was scared to death. I I stumbled all over myself. First sermon I ever preached was in a nursing home. It was pretty safe. Because nobody there would remember it anyway. But no one was there to judge it, you know. And it was like 10 minutes long, and I don't even remember what I said. And yet other people were telling me, we think that God has given you a gift to preach. And I'm like, you're nuts. And the Lord began to develop that and gave me a life calling. It didn't start out that way. You develop it. Okay? You develop giftedness in your life and in your walk. What is a spiritual gift? Let's talk about this for a minute. Um, it is the word charisma. That's where you get the word charismatic, by the way. People that focus on the gifts. Grace gift. The word charis, at the beginning of that word, C-H-A-R-I-S, charis is the Greek word grace. So charisma is a graciously given gift. 
not something that is earned. It is graciously given. So when he says here, having then gifts that differ, he is talking about a graciously given gift. It is a charisma. So when we're thinking about it rightly, sometimes charismatics highlight certain gifts that are more supernatural in their thinking, like tongues, healings, and other things. But what we see in the text is every gift comes from God. And it's supernatural. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual gift. So even serving, even showing mercy, these are acts that are gracious gifts that God gives to his children. Spiritual gifts. The adjective is our focus. We're not just talking about gifts. We're not just talking about your natural abilities. I'm not asking you to sit in your seat and to think, what am I good at? And then I'm going to do that for God. I'm not asking you to think that. What am I good at? And I'll just do that for God. We're talking about things that are spiritual. In fact, God may call you to do something in life that you think you're not good at. Why does God do that? Why did God call a guy who was scared of his shadow to get up in front of people and to preach? Because exactly I wasn't good at it. So he could get the glory. You see, that's the point. They are spiritual gifts. And so the adjective is our focus. They are Holy Spirit generated. They are for the purpose of spiritual things. They operate in the spiritual realm. They're not just physical. Now, an act of mercy is in the physical realm, right? When you show mercy to someone else, it's in the physical realm. But as a spiritual gift, it touches into the spiritual dimension. So, here's what we're thinking about when we think about spiritual gifts. We are thinking about both their source and their purpose. These are abilities that God gives you, and their source is the Holy Spirit. That's where it comes from. Secondly, they have a specific purpose, and that is to accomplish spiritual things. When an unsaved man shows mercy on another unsaved man, they're just showing mercy on him as a good human being. When God, by His Spirit, causes you to show mercy on another human being as a Christian, the reason you are doing that is a spiritual reason. The edification of that individual. That they might grow not only physically, Not only that they may have more things in this world and be more comfortable, but there's a deeper purpose. The deeper purpose is their spiritual life. And so a spiritual gift pierces the veil and it goes beyond merely the physical realm and it goes into the heart of things, which is the other person's spirit. To draw them to God that they might be edified, and that they might grow. And this is all about, as it says in Ephesians chapter 4, for the edification and the growth of the body. 
So God gives you gifts not just to make other people's lives comfortable on earth. God wants you, when you minister, when you serve, when you speak, to specifically be doing so in a way that that other person is growing in grace. That's a spiritual gift. So we're not just talking about natural endowments. Now, in one sense, they look the same. Someone who's an unbeliever may be gifted in music. Someone who is a believer may be gifted in music. But when the world is doing their music, they are doing it for what? Their own glory. When the Christian is doing their music, why are they doing it? For the glory of God and for the edification of the body. So we speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We, we sing and make melody in our hearts to the Lord so that together we grow. You see, so it looks the same on one level. But since it's a spiritual endowment, it has a deeper purpose. So this all has to do with purpose. Why we do the things we do. We do them for the Lord and for His glory. The, the guiding illustration that he uses is the illustration of the body. Right? He mentioned that here. We read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's one body. By the way, it's not just Emmanuel Bible Church. Right? There's one body. It is universal. And it stretches through time till the Lord's return. So that's why it's important we know some other members in our body who died back in the 1500s. And we think about how what they were doing for the body in the Reformation affected us. You see? And then we leave a heritage and we leave a legacy for those we don't even know yet who are yet to come. You see, so it, it stretches throughout time, and it is universal. That's why it's so important we pray for our missionaries. That's why it's so important we pray for our brothers and sisters in the Lord who are all across this globe. And what we do has a direct bearing on them. And what is happening to them when they suffer, we all suffer. You see, because we're one body. Now, he has set every member in the body as he chose, according to his sovereign will. Now, I want you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. And I want to look at a verse in 1 Peter chapter 4 that is probably, two verses, probably the most succinct statement in the Scripture on gifts that we can use to kind of wrap our minds around a lot of these truths. And then the next time we study this, we'll go through that list. Talk about prophecy, teaching, mercy, leading with zeal, and all those things. But I want you to notice First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. As each has received a gift... 
use it to serve one another. And serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And then he goes on, he says this, whoever speaks, let him speak as one who speaks the very word of God. Whoever serves, let him serve as by the strength that God supplies. In order, why? In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And it is to him that belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now let's just look at some things here. Let's think about a couple things in these verses that are so important. Notice what he says again. He uses the same word in Romans chapter 12. As some of you received a gift. Is that what he says? As some of you? He says what? Each. As each. Everyone. Each one. As each has received a gift. Same thing he said in Romans chapter 12 again. Use it. Use it. Do you remember the story that Jesus told? The landowner dispenses to three servants various talents. Now there is, that word talents does not refer to abilities. It refers to money. The one he gives one, the one he gives five, the one he gives ten. Two of them take what they are given, they invest it, and they make more. One of them digs a hole and he buries it. Would not take a risk. When the Lord returned, the two who risked everything to grow the investment were applauded by their Lord. The one who dug a hole and buried it because he thought at least it would be safe got the wrath of his master. Use it. Use the abilities God gives you. Use them for his glory. But use it how? For yourself? To serve one another. You see that? To serve one another. Use it to serve one another. And then he mentions two main categories of gifts. What you'll see as we look at the different lists in the New Testament of the gifts, they all fall under one of two categories. Some are speaking gifts, some are serving gifts. So he says, if you speak... Speak what? The oracles of God. The very word of God. If you serve, serve how? With the ability that God gives you. Leaning upon his strength. And by doing so, you get to the purpose, which is what? That in everything God would be glorified. 
So, God gives the gift, and then He gets the glory. God gives the gift, and He gets the glory. So, when you speak to each other, speak what? The Word of God. The very oracles of God is what He says. Now, that does not mean that in all your conversation, all you ever say to each other is Scripture. But I think it would be true that interlaced in our conversation would be Scripture. Right? Because that's how we encourage and edify one another. But you know what else it means? It means in our deep conversation with one another, let the Holy Spirit speak through you in such a way that when you speak, it is as though God were speaking through you. Now, we're not going to put that on par with the inspiration of the Bible, okay? Never going to do that. Like the Holy Spirit directly reveals things through us. But what I want us to think about is when we speak to each other, we should do so in such dependence on the Holy Spirit that what we say is coming from God. The words of encouragement we have for each other. The words of admonition and correction. They shouldn't be just our own. They should be God's. So too when we serve one another. We serve with the strength that God gives us. Why do we get tired serving? Because we rely on our own strength. That's why we get tired. We have to learn to rely on the strength that God can give. And then he gets the glory because he gave the gift. That is the whole purpose. The purpose is that the body grows and that God gets the glory. Closing thought, and we'll just close with this. Um, You know, how do we develop our gifts? We'll talk about that maybe in two weeks. What do I do if I feel the church is underutilizing or not appreciating my gifts. What do I do? I want you to think about that a little bit. Because maybe you sit there and you think, you know, you know, maybe you think, I got this gift, and then nobody around you recognizes it. What does God want you to do? First thing he does not want you to do is create division over it. He does not want you to do that. You know what he wants you to do? To whom he who is faithful in little will also be faithful in much. So if you think you've got a gift, let's say you think you've got a gift of teaching and nobody else recognizes that. You know how you begin to develop that gift and see that gift appreciated? is by being faithful in doing the little things. And then you'll be faithful in much. So you know what you do? Don't worry about teaching the big class at church. Teach your kids. Be faithful doing that. Teach your wife. And then as you do that faithfully, others see that. And that ministry grows. Important we understand that. Now, here's the important thing to remember, and I'm going to close. I'll shut up. What you do is not your primary gift. 
who you are is God's gift to the body. Remember that. What you do is not primarily your gift. Who you are is. You are a unique individual. Some of us are more unique than others, right? But you are a unique individual created with abilities and talents, a unique smile, a unique touch. And in your uniqueness, you add to this church a dimension that if you're not a part of it, the body does not flourish as much. It needs you. You may never teach a class. You may never get up in front of people. You may not share prayer requests in front of everybody else. You may not do a special music, you know, but you come alongside someone else in their hour of need and you minister to them. Nobody else knows about it but that person. And they remember it. And God gets the glory. It's not about what you do so much as it is who you are. And allowing the Holy Spirit to express himself through the uniqueness of you as a part of this body and the entire body. So use your gift. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for each person that you have brought to this church. Thank you, Lord, for the part that we play in the history and the story of redemption. Help us, Lord, to serve you with all our might, with all our, with all our minds, utilizing everything that you give to us for your glory. And so we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we sing our closing song together? Oh, say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your grace. Oh, say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart on a thing, and my answer will be yes, Lord.